The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Wow. Murder, sex, love, illicit relationships. Uh, This story has it all, but sadly, it's not a story. It's real. The case of Pamela Smart. How can we ever forget Pamela Smart, Pam Smart, was a 22-year-old high school media coordinator when she started, as they call it, a fair, I call it statutory rape, with a teen boy, just 15 at the time, who later shot and killed Smart's husband, Gregory Smart. In the last days, Pamela Smart goes to court demanding that her sentence be reduced. Needless to say, let me give you the spoiler alert on that. The court could see straight through Pamela Smart's claim. And this time, unlike so many other times, she wasn't wearing see-through lingerie. This woman needs to be behind bars, and that's where she must stay. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Yes, the court heard Pam Smart's lawyers drone on and on. Having exhausted her judicial appeal options, Smart returned for a third time to an elected state council seeking a sentence reduction. The five-member executive council rejected her latest request in less than three minutes, prompting another appeal to the state Supreme Court. The justices have just dismissed Pamela Smart's petition, claiming it would violate separation of powers, the separation of powers of courts, between the courts 
and the government, uh, that would be the executive branch and the judicial branch, as we all know, there are three branches of government. One is executive. That would be like government officials, such as the president or this council. The second would be the judicial branch, which, of course, includes judges. The third branch is the elective branch, and that would be Congress, House of Representatives, as well as those same counterparts at state level. So the court's ruling after yet another appeal by Pamela Smart is that to grant her most recent appeal would be violative of the separation of powers. Why did they say that? Because her last appeal went to an executive branch council. All the legal mumbo-jumbo aside, how in the hay are we back in court with Pamela Smart? Where did the whole thing start? Let's start at the beginning. I went into the garage and I went up to the house and I noticed that the outside lights weren't on and I remember thinking that that was odd because Greg usually left them on when he knew that I was going to be late but you know I didn't think it was anything major I just remember thinking it was odd I walked up the steps and I put the key in the door and when I pushed the door open I turned on the light and I saw Greg what did you do? well it all happened in a matter of like not even a second I don't think and I remember seeing things near him like a candlestick and a pillow and and I remember I thought the first thing I thought was to go get help and I said I said Greg Greg's name and he didn't he didn't answer and I ran I ran out it all happened really fast 18 year old Pam Wojas was a freshman in college who loved to party and she was instantly drawn to Greg Smart she sat next to him down on the couch and started flirting with him and twirling his hair. With his rocker haircut and boyish smile, 20-year-old Greg was just Pam's type. Greg was a great guy. If somebody said, hey, let's go away for the weekend and it was Friday night, he would go. He always lived like that. Greg was also known as a ladies' man. Greg was seeing, as usual, a bunch of other girls. A lot of the girls seemed to flock to him. But soon after Greg met Pam, he began to change his ways and settle down. Over time, it slowly got, you know, more serious and more and more serious. Pam was very excited about her relationship with Greg. She used to write poems, and she sent me a lot of them. When Greg surprised Pam with an engagement ring in January of 1988, she accepted. And that is how it all started, at a party when she was just 18 years old. How did it all end in murder? Joining me in All-Star Panel to break it down and put it back together again, Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, joining us all the way from Rome. Dr. Michelle Dupree, renowned medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Ashley Wilcott, judge, trial lawyer, and anchor at ashleywilcott.com. Right now to CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Dave Mack. Dave, explain to me, when Pamela Smart gets home, what does she find? 
in her home. She finds her husband of less than one year on the ground and uh, the apartment apparently in disarray. He's on the ground with a what appears to be a gunshot wound to the head. Police suddenly have three suspects in the murder. 17-year-old J.R. Latimy and his friends. 16-year-old Pete Randall and 16-year-old Billy Flynn. They're kind of a rough group of kids. They had been involved in some minor crimes. But petty crime is one thing. Could they really have committed a murder? It doesn't take long for detectives to identify a possible link between the three boys and Greg Smart. His wife, Pam. The teenagers are students at Winnicott High School, where Pamela Smart works. Two of the boys are students in her media course. They were making a video together. Pam Smart was the coordinator, the kids are the talent. Two of the high school students are in her class. That's a connection. You're hearing our friends at Real Crime, Real Story with Aaron Brockovich. So they're all kids. They're all teens. And Flynn, uh, the 16-year-old, reportedly was more than just a student. She sat me down in a chair. And what did you say to you? She said, I think I'm in love with Bill. And what did you say to that? I laughed. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Why was it ridiculous? Because she was married. She was 22. And what did she do when you laughed? She just kept telling me over and over again, I'm serious. So what happened after that? About a week later, she told Bill. Did you have any part in talking to Bill about this? I told Bill Pam wanted to see him. And when you say about a week later, she told Bill, how do you know it was a week later? I'm not positive. That's when she she told me that she told him about a week later. You are hearing who I believe to be the star witness in the case, Cecilia Pierce. Now, Pam Smart, the teacher in her 20s, takes this teen girl under her wing, so to speak. But then... When she said she could either divorce or kill Greg, think she was serious? I thought that she was serious, but that she wouldn't do it or have it done. And how much, how often were you having these conversations with the defendant at this time? Well, <clears throat> at first, it was just like every few days, and then it was every day. And what kind of things would you be talking about? What what was going on so far, like what they had discussed last period, what her and Bill had discussed and what they had decided upon. Things like to wear their hair tied back and to wear dark clothes and to make it look like a burglary. Wow, that's getting very, very involved. An intricate planning going so far as to what they would wear, um, what to do with their hair, when the incident, the murder would take place. To Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, what really links Pamela Smart to her husband Greg's murder? Well, actually, uh, the police with Cecilia Pierce, they actually wired her up. Uh, she agreed to help the police because she just couldn't stand this anymore. And actually, Pam Smart gave her own incriminating statement. They picked it up on the wire um, where she actually said... If you tell the police what you know, we're all going to be locked in the slammer.
lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. For those of you just joining us, I guess we've all heard of the movie To Die For, starring the awesome Nicole Kidman as Pamela Smart, who started a, quote, love affair, a.k.a. statutory rape, with a teen boy student who she convinces to murder her husband. In the last days, Pamela Smart's most recent and latest bid for sentence reduction has been thrown out. Why? The state attorney general's office, of course, has opposed the commutation of her sentence from the start. She's not getting out early because she has never accepted full responsibility, or basically any responsibility, for the murder. So when you go before an appeals court or a parole hearing, one of the things they look for is, did you admit what happened? Do you regret it? Is there remorse? Do you take responsibility? In order to ensure that once you do get out, you won't do it again. Well, Pamela Smart has yet to accept responsibility for the murder of her husband. She still blames the whole thing on others. Yes, she's earned two master's degrees. Yes, she's earned two master's degrees behind bars. Yes, she has tutored fellow inmates. Yes, she has been ordained a minister and as part of an inmate liaison committee. In her latest petition, she says she's sorry and she's fully rehabilitated. But, according to authorities, she has never accepted responsibility. Take a listen to our friends at WMUR 9.
Smart was asking the executive council for a hearing where she could petition for the possibility of parole. Councilor Andrew Valinsky was concerned about her lack of responsibility for what happened. If she's unable to come to terms with that, that creates concerns for me. Okay, wait a minute. Come to terms with murder? Okay, we're hearing all of this, but how did it all start? How are we at this point today? Take a listen to our clip three, our friends at Investigation Discovery. Pam dreamed of a career in television. She was struggling to try to find a job as a reporter, which is what she really wanted to do. Instead, she landed a job as the media services director for the local school district, where her responsibilities included making educational videos. One of the projects that she had decided to do was some kind of a documentary which would involve some of the kids in the surrounding high school, and that was going to be about self-esteem. She worked closely with student volunteers, including 15-year-old Cecilia Pierce. Cecilia Pierce was Pamela Smart's student intern, and she became a really close friend and confidant, which was a little bit unusual. Long-haired sophomore Billy Flynn was another volunteer. He is a aspiring rock musician. He plays electric guitar, and he's got long hair. He is exactly what her husband, Greg, used to be. I want to go to a special guest joining us today from Oxygen.com, true crime author, Hell in the Heartland. Whoa, murder and meth in the case of two missing girls? I'm on it. Jax Miller, thanks for being with us. Tell me about Pam Smart and husband Greg Smart's relationship. And it's kind of freaky that she then takes a liking to a boy, a teen boy in her class at school that's just like Greg except a newer model. I'm going to call in a shrink on that, but tell me, Jax Miller, who is Pam Smart? How did she grow up? Where is this place? Derry, New Hampshire. And who is Greg Smart? Well, it's funny that you used the word storybook before because Derry, New Hampshire is that storybook setting. It's that fall foliage in New England. It's the church steeples poking out. It's it's a town of like 34,000. Wait, hey, you know what you just made me think of? Sure. Uh, you know those calendars that have... Uh, yes. Jackie's shaking her head. Yes, there's calendars and it's of nature and outdoors and they'll have some beautiful fall foliage picture and then they'll have a spire poking up with a, a, a cross on the top, a church spire in the middle of it. It's just gorgeous. That's what you made me think of, Jack. That's exactly what it was. And, you know, it's it's really nice because it's only like 45 minutes away from Boston. So it's a nice alternative for people who don't want the hustle bustle of the city. But it's just like it's just like that 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 storybook setting what you see on TV. It's it's that perfect New England image. In fact, Robert Frost was from there, I believe. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a really great. How, how big of a town is Derry, New Hampshire? So it's it's uh it's about thirty four thousand people, and it's right in between Manchester and Salem. And like I said, it's 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 not the big city, but it's close enough to the big city. Um, it's really just like the perfect all American town, and um, yeah, that's where. That's where Greg and Pam were, and they had this this rock and roll marriage. It was it was kind of perfect in a way, and I say that as a metalhead myself, of course. But it was that perfect headbanging, you know, rock and roll. They had a dog named Halen, you know, very very rock and roll, but it seemed very loving on the outside. Okay, hold on, I, I'm just drinking out of the fire hydrant here. It's just too much, too fast. I'm sorry. Okay, the quote: "Perfect headbanger 
rock and roll marriage. You know, I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, I, l- let me go to you first, Karen Stark, uh, New York psychologist, joining us in Manhattan today. Karen, I first of all, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that reminds me of my husband in his youth. <laughs> but that's kind of freaky. It's like thinking, considering replacing your husband with a younger version of your husband. What does that mean? You know, it makes me think of Nancy, not a younger David, but somebody who um, isn't committed to the relationship, um, is not really capable of attaching, having commitment. And when we think about younger version, we're not talking about somebody who's a few years younger. We're talking about a minor, uh, which is totally unacceptable. That's like pedophilia. Well, you know, if you all weren't awake before, you hear pedophilia, you're awake now. Kathleen Murphy, just to put it euphemistically, you have seen your share of divorce cases. Have you ever, uh, of course, we always hear of men, no offense, men, marrying a younger woman. Don't usually hear of women marrying a younger guy, dumping their husbands for a younger guy, but I guess it does happen but long story short, Kathleen Murphy and all the divorces you've seen, have you seen a woman replace her husband for a younger version of the husband? Are you asking me if I've seen a woman replace their husband for a child? Never. Because that's exactly what Pam Smith no, did. I'm asking case. you, have you seen a woman replace her husband with a younger version? I don't mean just a younger guy. I mean somebody that looks, talks, acts, walks like the husband. But younger. That's pretty rare. I don't see yeah. that a lot. Okay. Yeah. I see them go into the opposite. Everybody, Jack's joining us from Oxygen.com. Jax, what exactly was her position at the high school? So Pam worked at the Winnicott High School where she was a media director. Um, she did have high school interns working with her, including Cecilia Pierce. Um, and yeah, she was a media director. She was an employee. She was about 22 years old. And that's where she met Billy Flynn. Now, what does media director be? Because I understand she went off on a tangent making some type of a documentary with the students. Is that correct? Yeah, she she made a a documentary about self-esteem. I think she was trying to improve uh, self-esteem with her students, which is kind of ironic given the whole situation. But that's what she did. She she would make these videos and, and, and involve the students. Very first high-profile cases, it involved a sex affair, as they call it. Again, I can't say enough. It's statutory rape between a school staff member and a student. Then Joyce Maynard wrote to die for, drawing from the smart case. Then that inspired a film, same name, to die for, starring Nicole Kidman and Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. The Killer... William Flynn and three other teens cooperated with prosecutors, struck a deal, and they served shorter sentences. They have already been released. Now, most recently, several smart supporters traveled to New Hampshire to hear the court discuss the case. They all wore pink t-shirts with the words, enough is enough on them. You know what would really help if they could talk her into accepting responsibility? Tell me, Dave Mack, what happens at trial with all the other co-conspirators? 
the boyfriend, his friends. The prosecution cut deals with just about, with everybody except Pam Smart. At trial, Billy Flynn testified, as did Patrick Randall, uh, J.R. Latimer. They all testified as to their specific roles in this crime, and they all had deals negotiated uh, with you know the prosecution. Because ultimately, the prosecution determined early on, if not for Pam Smart orchestrating all of this, it would not have happened. She's even admitted as much that it was her relationship with Billy that cost Greg his life. It's just a matter of what the police have indicated they they built their case around is that uh, she was the instigator of everything. And at trial, Billy Flynn was a an incredibly credible witness. Uh, he cried on the stand, and I'll never forget actually seeing him when the prosecutor said, "What was what did you say?" And he, he said, "Right before I shot him, I pointed the gun at his head and I said, God, please forgive me.'" And they pulled the trigger. So Billy Flynn admits to what happened. Take a listen. This hour, the man who spent decades in prison for his role in the sex and murder scandal that rocked it in the Hampshire community is now a free man. All of this unfolding in the overnight hours. Billy Flynn was just 16 years old when he and a friend killed his high school teacher's husband. He was granted parole in March. A rather bizarre scene overnight at the prison where Flynn spent the last 25 years of his life. What you heard was other inmates cheering as the convicted killer left by the back door. At his parole hearing, Flynn apologized to the family of Greg Smart. He says he hopes to find a job after earning his degree while in prison, but he knows that will be difficult. Dave Mack, Billy Finley's prison. He's the trigger person. He admitted to what he did. What did the co-conspirator do? What was his part? What did the others do? Not Pam Smart. Patrick Randall was sentenced to the same thing as Billy Flynn. He was right there inside the home with Billy Flynn when it took place, when the shooting occurred. Um, And he got the same type of treatment that that Billy Flynn got. Now, they did have a co-conspirator who was the getaway driver. His name was Vance Latamy. He was sentenced to uh, life in prison as an accomplice, and he was let out of jail several years ago. Um, he wasn't sentenced to the same thing. They did have one other co-conspirator. That was Raymond Fowler. He actually just waited in the car. Okay, He was there with them. Again, two boys went inside, Billy and Patrick. Vance and Raymond stayed in the car, but they were all part of this conspiracy. Um, Raymond Fowler was uh, charged with conspiracy and attempted burglary, and, and he was sentenced uh, to prison as well. But he was he was also released back many years ago. So while we hear the boyfriend, as we call him, admitting that he said, God forgive me, and then pulls the trigger, he admits that. What about Pam Smart, Dave Mack? Has she ever admitted she was part of the conspiracy to kill her husband? No. You know, the only thing she's even come close to admitting in terms of guilt is she actually, uh, and and this is a real problem, she's never admitted her role. Um, She's never admitted what they proved in court beyond a shadow of a doubt. Her only comment, and this is what she says, and this is a direct quote, although I never wanted nor asked Mr. Flynn to murder Greg, I will forever carry the blame and guilt. And that's the one statement from her that has a, a, you know, where she claims that, yeah, she's guilty, but not for asking him to do it. She's guilty because she had a relationship with Billy Flynn. As a matter of fact, listen to Pam Smart. When the media counts, and day after day after day, it was just this onslaught of negativity and just untruths about me and tearing me apart, 
I think that almost as a defense mechanism, I shut down. And I believe part of that is because I come from a family where we learn to deal with whatever problems happen by just remaining strong and standing strong and not being like weeping willows, so to speak, over whatever happens. I'm more of a private person when I deal with my own pain and my own emotions. So for me to be only 22 years old, it tends to be 24 at the time, and have what I thought was my whole future with him just completely obliterated, and having to deal at such a young age with funeral and and then the Okay, so it's all about her. To Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, joining us, even now, it's still all about how this affected her life, how her future was, quote, obliterated. Not once do you hear her talk about the victim, Greg. Of course, Nancy, because she's a malignant narcissist. All she cares about is her herself, her fame, her recognition. That's what it was about all the time, and that's what it's about now. Okay, it's not just that. Listen to this, Pam Smart, in her own words. You could not decipher anything but listening. So what the jury was doing was reading a transcript that someone, we still don't even know who, has transcribed um, from their listening to the tape. And as I was listening to it and could hear pieces of it, and I was reading the conversation flat on the page, I was noticing that there were things that were attributed to me that were, it was actually her talking. Or things that were attributed to her, and it was actually me talking. Because our voices sounded similar only because they were so garbled. And also what happened, too, is that when you have a conversation, even like the one I'm having with you right now, you're interjecting in my conversation saying, right, yes, uh-huh. That's what we do when we have conversations. Right. But flat on the paper, it's like she's saying, oh, so you wanted Greg dead. And then I say, I don't think I would even say, yeah, okay, if someone mentioned, I want my husband dead, which, of course, I don't, um, not until I renew that life insurance policy. But aside from that, what a bunch of BS. All this time later, she's still attacking the transcript. And so you know what that means. That means that that is what convicted her. That's what she's angry about. To Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, all this time later, she's still talking about the transcripts of the taped conversation she was having with Cecilia Pierce about how it was wrong. Does she not remember? The jury heard it for themselves. They were reading it. And not only that, Cecilia Pierce testified and said what they talked about and what happened. Then the, pl- the tapes came into evidence. So what does that mean, Dr. Bober? She's still festering over the tapes. 
and she's still not admitting that she orchestrated her husband's murder. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think she feels obviously betrayed, but, you know, it's sort of one of those whataboutisms like, well, yeah, you're saying I did this, but what about this? This is what this person did to me. So, again, it's all about her, and that's the focus. All about her. stories with Nancy Grace. Pam Smart supporters say, and I quote, Pamela is like an icon in a sense, meaning she has life with no parole and when things are tough, you remember Pamela. Okay, uh, that was said by supporter Santiago, who was also behind bars and did time with Pamela Smart, her name Vanessa Santiago. But um, I don't go along with that. When times are tough for me, I don't remember Pamela Smart. I think of my mom and dad who kept going when times are really tough for us. I think of Christ. I think of other people throughout history that have persevered, although they were faced with seemingly insurmountable obstacles. But I certainly don't think of Pamela Smart when I try to find strength to persevere. Take a listen to our friends at Real Crime Investigation Discovery. Less than 48 hours after finding her husband murdered, Pam phones local TV crime reporter Bill Spencer. Pamela Smart calls me and asks me to interview her, which completely just blows me away and everybody else. When Spencer arrives for the interview, he's stunned by Pam's appearance. A little over 24 hours after a murder, the wife doesn't greet you dressed to the teeth. Makeup perfect, hair perfect. He's even more stunned by Pam's strange behavior. One year ago today, we were, we were married right about this, you know, this time. One of the first things that Pamela says is, it's going to be our one-year wedding anniversary in a couple of days. How would it be if I go into the refrigerator, because I've got the top layer of our wedding cake, and I could go pull that out. You could get some B-roll of me doing that. And wouldn't that, wouldn't that make an emotional, um, poignant moment in your story? And I was like, holy cats, this girl is helping me produce the story she's trying to she's trying to produce the news story Jax miller i remember when my fiance keith was murdered just before our wedding and i remember i i couldn't even think straight i just wanted to go out into a forest and howl i just i i couldn't even form sentences did you hear what the news producer just said? Within le- less than 48 hours after the murder, Pam Smart's on the phone trying to do a lead story. I wish you could see my face right now. My, my jaw is on the floor because I've, I've never heard that before. This is the first time I'm hearing that. And it's, I'm having a total WTF moment here. Like, what is that? What is, what is going on? It, it's diabolical because... We, she knows, oh gosh, I don't even have words. I don't, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. It is amazing. Karen Stark, jump in. Well, you know, I'm not the least bit surprised. Think about it, Nancy. She's describing how she feels about this guy. And she says, 
well, you know, but I'm married. She doesn't say he's 15. She says, well, I'm married. Her morals are corrupt. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And all she's thinking about now, narcissistically, is that she's going to be in front of a camera and let's get the best story we could possibly get. I'm not surprised at all. I'm not shocked by this. It's all about drama. She's young in her head. And she's not thinking about the loss of her husband, obviously. Not at all. Well, it goes quickly from high school whisperings in the hall about a sex affair with a teacher to ballistics. Listen. Local parent, 45-year-old Vance Latimy, claims he has information about a murder. He's very concerned because he thinks his son may be involved in a homicide. Latimy says that his 17-year-old son, JR, and two of his friends have been talking about committing a murder. Mr. Latimy gets to find out that the gun that was supposed to use was a 38. Uh, he owns a 38. He goes and checks to see whether his gun is, in fact, still where he thought it was supposed to be. Well, he opens his dresser. He takes a look at this firearm. He says, oh, wait a second, I didn't clean this. Why is it clean now? The gun is sent out for ballistics testing. When the results come back, police are astonished. The single bullet that killed Greg Smart was fired from Latimer's gun. Straight out to Chris Byers, former police chief, now PI and polygrapher. Chris Byers, uh, I think that a lot of people don't get, and they shouldn't. They're civilians. Why should they know this? That a ballistics match is just as positive as a fingerprint, a human fingerprint. Explain. Yeah, every every firearm is different. Uh, the barrel has has grooves uh, and spiraling in it, and when the the projectile leaves uh, the muzzle of that firearm, it leaves an imprint that matches only to that firearm. So, like you say, it's just like the human fingerprint. Uh, there's only one of those that are going to match up. Um, and so it's easy when you have that projectile to come back, find that firearm, shoot some rounds through it and compare it and know that that mm-hmm. is the firearm that that was fired from. I always wished I had a video to show jurors um, when guns are actually made. They're made of boiling hot lead. And when the barrel cools down, there are drippings and irregularities on the inside of the barrel, the inside of the barrel, and they harden and they can never be changed. So when a bullet hurtles down that barrel so fast, it leaves markings on the bullet, scars, scratches that no other gun can leave. So when you find the gun in question... You take a bullet and you go to the crime lab and you fire it into a tub of water or a pillow. And then you take your known bullet that you just fired and the bullet from the body or the scene. You look at them under a microscope and you can see the exact same squiggles or markings on the two bullets. That is how you do it. Right, Chris? Absolutely. That's exactly how it works. Well, amazingly. There was more evidence. Jax Miller, what do you think was the single most damning evidence 
at trial? Uh, well, I think it was two things. I think it was Cecilia Pierce wearing a wire to get you know all, all the information that Pam divulged to her. And I think it was Billy Flynn copping to a plea deal in exchange for his testimony. I think that those were the biggest factors. And what exactly was Billy Flynn, the teen boy lover, what was his testimony, Jax? So he, he really, he said everything. He was, he was in this illicit relationship with, with Pam. Um, she was telling him that Greg was abusive. Uh, she was afraid that if she tried to divorce him or leave him, that he would take the dog and take the money and take the furniture. Um, so that's why he did what he did. Phil Flynn was actually 15 at the time. Jax Miller the, you hear Pam Smart's mother insisting that these uh, photos that came into trial were innocent. They were taken for a modeling contest. But they came into evidence. Isn't it true the prosecution says these illicit photos taken by Pam Smith, by Pam Smart, were given to Bill Flynn, the teen boy? Yeah, you know, I, I know that, that they were the photos. I know that they had watched some sexually charged films together. Um, I mean, it was very clear that she was seducing this child, essentially. Um, and yeah, that, that was one of the hugest factors in how she got this, this young boy to kill for her. I mean, she can say no, no, no until she's blue in the face. But then when the jury sees the photos she's sending this teen boy, there's really no question in, her mo- in their minds. She set out to seduce the boy. That's child molestation. And then what else would she do? That was the question for the jury. It was no big surprise when Pam Smart was convicted. But what is a surprise is that even to this day, she refuses to accept responsibility. Well, Pamela Smart's bid for a commuted sentence has been rejected, but don't count Pamela Smart out. We ain't seen the last of Pamela Smart. Mark my words. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The journey to a smoke free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.